Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, hockey's coming back and I'm not alone. All of this on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or how does our buddy DC say this, Taylor? Tlopin! Tlopin is right. Welcome everyone to Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez, and that's Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Angels right across the 57 freeway. Taylor, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm good, man. The the I'm not alone comment is almost like a ransom. It's like creepy. It's almost haunting, you know. It's like, but uh, no, thanks for having me on today, buddy. I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for coming on Locked On Angels. And uh, if you want to check us out, we are at LockedOnAngels.com. And yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, no problem. I know you're a big hockey guy, and you're very much looking forward to hockey coming back. I know who you want to root for, so just go ahead and get it out of the way right now. Go ahead and make your roots. Go Cubs, go. Go Cubs, <laughs> wait, go. Wait, no, no, no. Wrong. Hey, Chicago. Oh, oh wait. Oh, no. Well, I'm not a Cubs fan either. No. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, go, uh, go, go Vancouver-based sports team. There's only one. <laughs> that would be the one. Yeah. Yeah, the Canucks are obviously still playing. You know who's not playing right now? Uh, the LA Kings, the Anaheim Ducks, and basically anyone that plays in California. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, see, San Jose ruined it for everybody. They could have had the third pick, and they had to trade it away. I still don't think that was a fantastic trade for San Jose. They could have come yeah. out better there, but oh well, say la vie. But okay for the Ducks because they have the number six pick. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of ducks that have been injured and how they could possibly come back. So, by the way, thanks to Eric Stevens for this. So the last time that Hampus Lindholm played was February 25th. The last time Cam Fowler played was February 17th. Eric Goodbranson, he hadn't played since February 7th. And in fact, Goodbranson had had a lot of injury concerns over the season. So when it comes to a long playoff, there are some concerns from all those guys because they haven't played a competitive game in months. And it could be possibly nine or more months before the Ducks play another game, because there is the rumor that once the postseason ends, that we're going to have a longer layoff after that. Uh, a couple quotes just from that. Uh, Erica Branson had this to say, quote, It goes and comes back. I've had some weeks here where I'm really, really, really concerned about the livelihood of hockey. End quote. And something else that Cam Fowler added that I do want to bring up. Uh, here's what Fowler said. Quote, With the real possibility of not playing for months or whatever it is, I think all our guys are preparing themselves in training, keeping themselves safe and strong. You have to have the mindset to be at the highest level. You have to continue to better yourself and train and work, even when you don't necessarily know when you'll be back on the ice. End quote. Uh, and speaking to that, a lot of players are... Still working out somewhat. I know Great Park Ice is still open privately. In fact, there's a plethora of ice rinks that are still open privately. Even a couple of rinks in Ontario. I don't know if you are aware of this, Taylor, but the Ontario Ice Center in Ontario off of Holt Boulevard, that was open. I happened to take a quick peek in there and see some private working out going on. Maybe not the Ducks or the Kings, but another team. Uh, so, Taylor, what do you make of what the players said and how this long layout could affect them later on? I think, uh, was it Cam Fowler that said that there's some uncertainty going on? Is that is that yeah. Cam Fowler that said yeah. that? Yeah. 
I think that's real. I think that um, the NHL right now, depending on when they have an exact kind of item, is watching what uh, the National Basketball Association is doing and what Adam Silver is doing with the NBA because this bubble, whether it be Toronto, Edmonton, whatever it is, you have the ability to isolate these players while previously testing them and placing them. The difference between hockey and such as baseball or some other sports is it's a high-contact sport. And basketball has a lot of contact, but not to the extent that hockey does. You're not, uh, you know, you can socially distance in basketball, even at the rebound line. In hockey, you're face-to-face in the face-off dot. And there's a lot of times where you are within breathing space of other players. Um, So I think that they kind of just got to see how Major League Soccer and um, the National Basketball Association do. Major League Soccer, not in a good place right now. So I agree. I think, you know, you, you monitor what else is going on and try to emulate uh, the positives. And I do agree that with Cam is that there's just work to be done and, and you have to see how things go before finalizing the process. But I think hockey is in – I, I got to say this, and maybe I'm the only person that says this, and I said it the other night to you, is Gary Bettman – you know, he's doing his job. He is. Like, for the first time in a long time, Gary Bettman is actually one of the better commissioners of sport, uh, in American sport at least. And, you know, Gary Bettman has to go watch Adam Silver right now and say, look, you know, even call him because I know that these guys talk. And if he goes and calls Adam Silver and says, how is this working for you and what can we do to be better? I don't think Adam Silver is going to tell you know, keep secrets back. I think it's going to work out. So, Gary Bettman has an opportunity right now to really put hockey in a good place. And, and you know, it, it could be saving grace for him how he addresses this uh, this postseason for the NHL and obviously the following season as well. Yeah, we're going to talk more about that on the second and third segment. Uh, Gary Bettman is doing a good job of trying to keep things as strict as possible. And players have even had a lot to say about that where they're trying to follow guidelines. And Cam Fowler, again, later on, did say that the league is stringent on their guidelines. Um, here's another one of his quotes. We're following all the guidelines of what we need to do to keep our staff and our players and everyone safe. You have to take your temperature before you leave the house. Upon entering the building, you also need a temperature check. So, yeah, there's a lot of these strict guidelines going on. And they're very strict, by the way. And I'll talk about that in a second. It's good that the players are still trying to work out as stringently as possible while at the same time keeping their guidelines. And for a place like Great Park, yeah, there are people going in and out because it's serving as a food bank area. But players are at least trying to stay in shape and trying to trying to keep their family safe as well. You have to keep in mind that some of these players have families. Some of them have newborns that they have to take care of. And this is across all of NHL is what if babies are being born? What if they have family members that are... I guess, in that higher risk, then you have to be a little bit more stringent on your requirements as to temperature checks, taking the nasal swab checks, etc. Gary Bettman has a unique opportunity to show the rest of the world how to do things. And another advantage that the NHL has over the other sports, they're not playing in a hotspot like Florida. They're playing their games in Canada. They're playing their games in Edmonton and Toronto. That could be a huge advantage for the National Hockey League to reduce the number of positive test results, I think. Yeah, I I just this bubble idea, 
you have to take so many precautions before you get to this bubble. And that's my primary focus is, as you said, you know, it's, you know, going through and seeing it in baseball right now, um, you know, the star player of baseball is Mike Trout, who is having a child here within a couple of months or within a month or so. Um, you know, with him having a kid, he's going to have to leave at some point and be gone for a week. So how is hockey going to address those kind of situations? Obviously, it's a similar time span, too, because the postseason for the NHL is going to go uh, similar to baseball season. I just I, I want to see how they address the exacts of going into this bubble first well, before I, 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 I even make any note. I can tell you all about that after a word from rockauto.com. And Taylor, I know you're excited about rockauto.com being a sponsor for the Locked On Podcast Network. You're especially excited about this. I know you and I drive Toyotas. I drive a Prius. I'm trying to quote, unquote, save the planet, as you say, uh, with good gas mileage. But, I mean, tell us about rockauto.com. It has all the parts your car will ever need, right? Yeah, Rock Auto, family-owned business. They've been around for 20-some years. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, as Jason noted. And this, I really do like this company. You know, uh, as I was saying to Jason earlier on Lockdown Angels, is he drives a Prius, but they have parts for Mercedes, Ferraris, Alfa Romeos, Bentleys, you know, the works. And as we were getting earlier is that, Jason, you can find a steering wheel for your Prius, and I can find a transmission for a Ferrari. Not yes, that I have a Ferrari. I, I would love to have a Ferrari, but I don't have one. But Cam Fowler can look for a transmission on a Ferrari on <laughs> rockauto.com. So literally all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Tell them Lockdown sent you to check out. If you see a Ferrari driving on the five freeway, you know exactly who it is now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> all right. We'll be back with Locked On Anaheim Ducks after the first intermission. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where I'm joined by Taylor Blake Ward from Locked On Angels. What's up, man? So as we were on break, I, I pulled up some cars and I, I came across this. So Tamu drives... He drives a, a Lambo, so you can, I mean, you could get parts for a Lamborghini, but he also drives, I don't know what this thing is, man. It looks like a Bentley, right? It does. It looks awesome, though. It looks like a Bentley, but I, I mean, he could get parts at Rock Auto for that, too. I, I'm surprised he doesn't drive a uh, Saab. I, I know. Well, apparently, he's a big car guy. He owns a lot of cars. If anybody can go on rockauto.com, it's definitely Tamu Solani. Uh, I just realized that I'm way off because Tamu's Finnish. Yeah, yeah, Saab is Swedish. That's that was. <laughs> he has a nice Lamborghini Gallardo. He also has a Cadillac Series 62 Coupe. Nice classic car. One of the better classic Cadillacs, in my opinion. Uh, those taillights, man, they're something else. <laughs> that thing's pretty cool, actually. That thing's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually have some hockey news to talk about at large. And that's the return to hockey. This was announced on Monday. So this was announced Monday afternoon at about 2 o'clock. First, this statement from the NHL on COVID-19 testing results. So here's what the report said. Quote, there have been an excess of 2,900 COVID-19 tests administered, including more more than 1,400 this past week, to this group of players. 
Those tests resulted in a total of 23 returning confirmed positive test results for COVID-19. End quote. And that doesn't say whether they are the same player or not. But out of 2,900, 23 coming back, that is less than 1% positive rate, which is better than I thought it was going to be. So not too bad there. Uh, Taylor, that's 23 out of 2,900. Well, that's, uh, I mean, that's less than 1%. That's what, 0.7%? Yeah, Yeah, just about. 0.8%. I mean, that's, uh, I mean... That's a good number. I just I feel like you can work with that, and obviously I'm being selfish here, but I just that number needs to be zero. It, for it me. has to be zero. And and it, you know I mean like if it's 23 and you can tell those 23 guys to to bounce for a few months and whatever like that's fine. But you know if we we're, we're coming back for next season, well those um, are, those aren't players. That's just total tests out of everyone tested. Right, I'm saying staff, you know, staff members, players, um, front office members, everything. But that number still has to be zero. It does, and at least on the player side, it has to be zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, here, I, and if they share what the actual uh, number of players is, then it changes. But for me, you know, you can tell those 23 guys, whoever they are, hey, bounce for the year, the rest of the year. We appreciate that you were around. We'll see you next year. Get healthy. And that way, you know, you fill this bubble with 0% of COVID-19 and try and keep it that way and contain it that way. That is when I'm okay with sport being played, whether it's basketball, hockey, soccer, baseball. I don't think we're going to get to 0% exactly. But if we can keep it under 0.5%, I think that would be ideal. I know other leagues, they've had positive rates of closer to 2 to 3%. But under 1% does make the NHL look really good. And with that said, because the NHL has done well with testing, or relatively well with testing, uh, they've agreed on the dates for resuming play. But that's not the big story. The bigger story, in my opinion, is that they've extended the collective bargaining agreement. So, wait, what you're telling me is that the NHL has labor peace? What the heck? Really? Labor peace? Like I said, man, Gary Bettman kind of quietly coming together. The guy, the guy was not good for a long time, and he was about as bad as he could be. But I'll tell you right now, you know, he's he's uh, he's getting a little saving grace, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, just a little. But hey, congratulations to NHL and you know the owners, owners and players. I mean, especially after the. Uh, was that the 2011 season? What, what year was that? The 2013 season. 2013 season. Ooh, yeah. But what is going on? Labor peace, players and owners getting along, dogs and cats living together. It's mass hysteria. I'm kidding. Of course. Uh, so here's what the NHL had to say on this. Quote, the NHL and Players Association have reached a tentative agreement on a return to play plan and memorandum of understanding that adds an additional four years to the term of the current CBA and includes transition rules and a new critical dates calendar. Here's more. As part of the agreement, the following dates have been established. July 13th, start of formal training camps. That's phase three. July 26th, clubs travel to hub cities. August 1st, start of the qualifying round. So get ready. Saturday, August 1st, Hockey's coming back. How about that? 
And as far as times of the games, they're going to be noon, 4 p.m., 8 p.m. local times. So that's Toronto and Edmonton, by the way, are the two hub cities. And I'm glad those are the two hub cities because they have the perfect setups. As far as local times on the West Coast, this relates to 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 1 p.m., 3 p.m., 5 p.m., 7 p.m. Six games in one day on this first weekend of games. That's a lot of hockey for August 1st and August 2nd. Are you ready for this, Taylor? That's three and a half weeks out. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, six games in one day and all neutralized and all in a, I mean, not even in a sense, it's playoff hockey. Even these opening rounds are playoff hockey. Yes, they are. And they're all, they're also draft hockey as well. You know what? I I will admit this. I will say this. Um, You know, I I don't think fans should be in attendance for any sport for the time being until we have a little bit more control of COVID-19, of course, but playoff hockey without the fans, that, that is a bummer. That is a real bummer. Yeah, that's one thing that makes playoff hockey when you talk about certain fan bases. When you think about the Nashville Predators, you think about all those chants that they have. The you suck. Like, they have amazing fans there. When they want Philly. I, just, Philly. I mean, even um, even the pond. Even the pond. Because because Southern California doesn't get the best rap. But, I mean, Staples Center and the pond and um, wherever the idiots up north play, the Sharks, <laughs> where they play. <laughs> We you know, you know every saying, show like, nowadays. Let's screw the sharks. Um, <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, the pond. You, you figure back in in 2014, 2015 when they were playing playoff hockey. 2013, those were some loud freaking arenas, man. Those were. I mean, Staples would go off too, but the pond. You get that place packed to the brim, orange all around you. That place just goes off, and. uh I'll tell you this. I, I think it was one of the coolest things is, is it was a, a day game at Angel Stadium and a playoff game that night at uh, the Pond. And I was walking to JTO Schmitz, and you could hear the vibrant sound from inside um, the Pond from JTO Schmitz that Yes, day. you can. And, then, you know, like even when uh, the Kings play, sometimes you can hear them in L.A. I mean, you can hear the goals in L.A. live and stuff. It's pretty cool. I, I just, I, you know... I totally get it. I agree with it, too, that we shouldn't have fans in the stand. But playoff hockey without the fans is going to be really weird. I hope, that the, I hope that amplitude is still there for the players. I really do. Uh, going back to the little memories here, some fans swear that the loudest the pond has been all decade was the 2017 series between the Ducks and the Oilers when they came back, when they had that three-goal comeback with Heck two minutes yeah. left. The fans that were there... Apparently, they were as vocal as the capacity crowd on any given playoff game. But that that was a really fun series to watch. But I'm trying to think. I think Cogliano scored that where he, like, just dove and fell over in the crease. <laughs> yeah. was, that Cog- was it Cogliano or Getzloff? Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? I do. Uh, Cogs fell over. Yeah, so that was when I was across the street, and the noise factor, man, that was something else. That was something else, man. But, uh, you know, um, playoff hockey, I, I hope that the amplitude level's still there. Just 
all in all, it, it's all about health. And, you know, I just hope health works out well. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I have here the protocols for phase three and phase four. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, and just for the record, I did read almost the entire thing, almost all 28 pages or really skim through them. But some parts I read more than others. So if you'll go with me on this. So phase one is already passed. Phase two is the group training going on right now. Phase three is the organized training camp that's starting very soon. And then phase four is the preparation and resumption of competition. So we are currently in phase three about right now. So here's the general description. In phase three, players remain in club cities where they'll be permitted to engage in full team activities on and off the ice. Coaches, GMs, and hockey ops personnel will be permitted to have direct in-person interactions with players and conduct activities in a typical preseason training camp fashion while adhering to preventive and other measures described. So that's kind of the general description of what's going on in Phase 3. Here's the important part. Participation in Phase 3 will be limited to no more than 30 skaters, forwards or defensemen per club, and an unlimited number of goaltenders. All players who attend camp must be eligible to play for the playoffs. So this also includes AHL players. And later on in this 20-page thing, it actually says NHL and AHL players. The reason for that, in case there's players that get injured or if there are players that have to sit out because they've contracted COVID-19, you have to call up some of these AHL guys. Typically, a team has 20 guys in their roster, and during the playoffs, they typically have about three to four extra guys that are healthy scratches with them at all times. Now they're allowed an additional six players, another six AHL guys. So let's say, for example, the Arizona Coyotes. They could bring in guys like Kyle Capobianco, who was a three-time All-Star now for the Tucson Roadrunners. He's probably going to be playing in that phase three for the Coyotes. So you could start to see players like that, that were AHL all-stars. You're going to see them on these phase three camps and they would travel with them in phase four. So Taylor, any quick thoughts on the amount of players that are coming with them for phase three and possibly phase four? Uh, You know, I I just, I feel like have as many roster guys as you want. Just make sure that I, it's like, I like the limit because you limit the amount of uh, people that are within this bubble that you're talking about. But at the same time, you know, having this unlimited or unlimited goalies and 30 skaters, it does allow you the luxury of a little bit more safety. And I, I just, I don't know if I have necessarily a, a great thought on it. Um, but you know, I hope that these extra skaters and extra goalies uh, can get a payday with it too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the AHL players are going to get a per diem. Um, so it says this. AHL players will be reimbursed for all reasonable expenses incurred in traveling to the hub city. And they're going to have travel expenses incurred with a maximum of $1,500. US So kind of something to keep in mind. There's also going to be some quarantine requirements for all players. So even though... Uh, Trudeau said that they were going to waive this. No, there is still going to be a quarantine requirement and it is going to be a self-quarantine imposed by the local or federal health authorities. 
And it's going to be about a week long because, as I mentioned, players travel to Hub Cities on July 26th. They have until August 1st. So they have about a week. Yeah, one week where they have to make sure that they are completely enclosed in that bubble at all times, no matter what. So there is still going to be at least something. As far as club services, um, each club's service will provide grocery delivery and errand delivery services to the player's family members as needed. The family members are... Yeah, you're yesing this. Okay, go ahead. Yes. No, absolutely, man. Don't let them out. I mean... Look, I, I'm, I believe everyone has their freedoms, has their rights, everything like this. But if you're agreeing to this, you are agreeing to literally hotel arena. That's it. Yep. So having delivered – and it's like, um, you know, I, I say this for all athletes is um, you have a lot of single guys out there that, that do go to the bars after games or go to restaurants after games. And the things that, you know, you could – pick up from those bars does include COVID-19 and I just not allowed. That's what I'm saying though. Like just deliver the damn food to them. Like it's so easy. It's, it's an easy comprehension. It gives the players food. It keeps them in their rooms. Yes. Keep it this way. Oh, this whole thing is strict by the way. The whole guideline is super strict on what the players are allowed to and not to do. They have to be tested every day. The results on testing must be available within 24 hours they have to have in order to come back and play just in case they, even if they come in contact with someone that has COVID-19, they have to have three negative tests in a 48-hour period and the results have to be available within 24 hours and they still have to self-quarantine. So they still have to make sure they're very safe no matter what. They're going to have temperature symptom checks every day. They're going to have education sessions Almost every day. I kid you not. They're going to have player access. No player access clubs. They're going to have medical examinations. This whole thing is very strict. And if I'm going to be honest, they're way more strict than the NBA guidelines. They're way more strict than the MLS guidelines. They're probably the most strict guidelines out of all the major sports. Which I think is fantastic. And something that I know Taylor is going to say yes to again. Any symptoms, they're out right away. Take them out. Yes. Again. They even have a whole... Again. Go ahead. Again. There's even a whole section on immediate isolation. There's a whole section on confirmatory testing for asymptomatic. There are steps for symptomatic persons. This is written from Hockey Canada. This is written... From the Canadian Ministry Department and Health Canada. This is very strict. They have a test-based strategy. They have a time-based strategy. Everything about this is very strict. They also have what's called Exhibit 25A, which is going to be important. In the event a player is diagnosed with a confirmed positive finding for COVID-19, the club physician shall issue an Exhibit 25A designating the player as, quote, unfit to play. The player shall be deemed to have sustained an illness arising out of the course of his employment as a hockey player for such period and may be removed from training, practice, or play. And his condition shall be treated as a hockey-related injury for purposes under the CBA. 
here's something else that I think you're going to like. Disclosure. This is very short. Absent prior approval by the league, who shall consult with the Players Association, there shall be no disclosure by the club to the media or to the public of information relating to a positive test result or to a person developing COVID symptoms during Phase 3. So, media members are not going to get a hold of this. Players are going to go out. They're going to be unfit to play. I like this. I do too. Yeah. For Phase 4, Phase 4 is going to be in Toronto and Edmonton, and there's a massive advantage for both those cities. In both cities, they have a arena. They have the practice rinks. They have the hotels. Edmonton's case, they are very, very, very lucky. And I love what Edmonton is doing. And I don't know, Taylor, have you been to Edmonton before? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've been up there. Have you seen the new stuff they have up there recently? Oh, no. I haven't been up there for 20-some years. I mean, I was in Calgary when I was you know, five, six, seven years old. But no, I, I mean, I haven't been up to Edmonton in a long time, probably 20 years, probably 20 years, probably 20 years. So I haven't been there since they built all this, but apparently they have the ice district, which is now finished. And you have Rogers place. You have the downtown community arena, which is the practice rinks. And you also have the JW Marriott. They are all interconnected with each other. So the practice rinks are connected to the arena. The hotel is also connected to the arena. You do not have to leave that entire area. And what the league is going to do for phase four is they're going to deem it a secure zone. No fans can go in. No one can leave, which I know you're really liking. That is their bubble. That is a very secure zone. Every possible entrance, every possible exit is going to be secured. The only players that or the only people that can come in are going to be liaisons. They're going to be delivering food and whatnot. And they're going to be contactless. They're going to stay in that area no matter what. The club traveling... I hope so. Yeah. The club traveling party is going to have no more than 52 individuals in the Phase 4 secure zone. And it has to have at least the following. A roster of no more than 31. Three coaches. Two athletic trainers. One physician, one equipment manager, one massage therapist, one art therapist or chiropractor, one content creator slash social media individual, one NHL security rep, and one rep to serve as the club compliance officer. So they are actually going to have a compliance officer with each team at all times, no matter what. No more than 52. They have to submit their list of individuals no later than July 13th. That's coming up very fast. So they have to decide which players to bring, which coaches to bring, etc. The rest of them can still be uh, teleconference and whatnot. But this is going to be strict. Also, family members. In light of the potentially lengthy absence of players from their homes, each club's personnel will make the best efforts to assist in providing grocery delivery and errand delivery services to the players' family members remaining at home in the club city. So they're going to provide for the players' families that are still at home. How awesome is that? Yeah, I love it. I mean, this is just... This is from the damn COVID, man. It's so it's just like I just uh there's so much to it where I just sit there and I say, you know, let's simplify things. Go to 
a very simplified nature of a shutdown, a bubble. And it sounds like hockey has figured that out and props to uh, Gary Bettman and whoever he employed to, to put the safety measures together. I think the NHL has figured it out. Uh, one last item I want to get your thoughts on before we head off. Uh, so there are groups. There are five participant groups based on their roles and responsibilities. And I just want to go over. There are five groups, by the way, Taylor. Group one is the persons who are at the core playing group and those essential to support the core playing group. So that includes players, club personnel, on-ice officials, locker room people, um, facility compliance staff, NHL staff, PA staff, event medical directors, the cardiac directors. So in other words, the people that saved Jay Bowmeister's life, they're going to be considered group one. And also event level NHL staff, which includes tech ops, penalty box officials, communications, clock, ATC, NHL studios. Hmm. So certain off ice officials are going to be in group one and the other off ice officials are not. So when you think about a hockey game, the four off ice guys that are typically on that bottom level are the two penalty box guys, the penalty box time person and the clock person, and sorry, five, and the downstairs headset. Those guys that are in the penalty boxes during the games, they have to be the same five guys, and they have to be tested daily. They have to have symptom checks daily, and they have to get results right away. That's in the secure zone. Then group two is going to be off-ice officials other than the penalty box guys, credentials, certain hotel staff with close contact, and event coverage medical staff. That's also daily testing, secure zone hotel. Groups one and two are going to be the persons that are most associated with the games. And those are the key business functions with no or short duration with group one participants. Then group three, persons with the potential for short duration contact with groups one and two participants. They also have to have daily checks. They have to have daily testing but they are not in the secure zone hotel. They're in other hotel or at home. Then you have group four, which is persons with very limited exposure to groups one, two, and three. They are also subject to daily testing. And this includes arena food and beverage, PA announcer, game presentation, hotel housekeeping, hotel kitchen, transportation staff, hotel bartenders, they can only go to the bar in their hotel, and that is it. Ice crew, EMTs, x-rays, all of those are subject to daily testing. And then group five have no exposure, and that is third-party vendors, other arena staff, other hotel staff, media. They're going to be on the outside looking in. Only certain media are allowed in the arena, and they're only allowed in the top media levels and the top section, and that is it. They're subject to daily symptom checks, daily temperature checks, no daily testing for COVID, but they do have to be tested to even get in, to even start. So those are the five, I guess, segregated groups. But the fact that they're going from group to group to group, they have to have the credentials at all times and stay within those bubbles. So what do you make of how they're phasing out the groups and how they're separating the players from everyone else. I mean, I feel like you just read all 28 pages of the safety manual, dude. <laughs> that was that was so much damn information all the way down to the bartenders. I mean, yep. uh, 
you know, good on the NHL. Just, I, shoots, man, you just ran through like a couple million people. So, I mean, as long as, as long as the coaching staff and players are separate from the employees of the hotel, things like this, and you can distance yourself properly, um, I'm happy about it. I'm really happy about it. The reason I'm listening is I'm illustrating how strict the NHL is being compared to the other leagues. The fact that they're taking advantage of the situation of being in a hub city and really taking every single precaution makes me believe that the NHL is doing this right and they couldn't do this in a better place than Canada. And how do you like that? They're even testing the off-ice officials every day. That says something, they, right? They should be. They should. Absolutely. I mean, the, They should be. Everyone in this bubble deserves a daily test. Everyone in this bubble. Even the off-ice guys. They should be tested yes. every day. Taylor, we're going to wrap up, but where can everyone find you on the socials? Uh, I am on Twitter at Taylor Blake Ward. You can also follow our show at Lockdown Angels, and we're at LockdownAngels.com as well. And any more final hockey thoughts? Let Go for it. Let it run. Go, go Vancouver. <laughs> go Canucks. <laughs> Are you going to be watching some hockey? I will. I shall. I shall be. Nice. Then we'll compare notes later on. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. But once again, um, if you missed it earlier, I helped Taylor out with Locked on Angels because uh, <laughs> there was some lost keys involved. So I helped host Locked on Angels. That's also today. So make sure to find that on the Locked On Podcast Network. And you can hear both of our podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you hear your podcasts. And don't forget to rate, download, subscribe if you have not already. And I'm at StimpyJD on Twitter. I'm also at LO underscore Ducks on Twitter. So once again, Taylor, thanks so much for hopping along. And thanks a lot, buddy. Absolutely, man. Always a pleasure chatting with you. And we always get to have fun, the two of us. Yeah, and hockey's back, baby. Yeah. Woo-hoo! For Locked On, Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying, be kind to everyone, stay safe, and ducks fly together, Anaheim. <laughs>